The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult your appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, good afternoon and uh, happy weekend. We're Ron Milhaven here, Big 550 KTRS. The show is called When Retirement Happens. We talk about your retirement, but we talk about it in a way in which you're probably not used to if you're new to the show. And if you are used to it, well, you know we get down into the nitty-gritty. We talk about things. Kevin Lloyd, of course, the co-host and founder of a uh, and CEO and founder of a company called Legacy Wealth Advisors. Kevin Lloyd, welcome back, my friend. Hey, you know, it's always great to do this on the weekends. It's always nice to sit down and sort of catch your breath and sort of talk about the the world at large and the stock market and everything else. But then we get into some of the nitty gritty. And I'm not breaking my arm, patting myself on the back, but others in the radio industry have said that they listen to this show all the time because it's chock full of such great information. That's good to hear. Yeah. And <laughs> and you, you that's a credit to you. You know, you, you, there's a million things you do to help your clients. And, um, you know, we can't touch on all of them, obviously, because the financial plans you create are individual for each person. But there are sort of themes and uh, vibes and some tricks of the, the trade that you're more than willing to share to help people out. So it's a testament to you to sort of help um, spread the information so everybody can benefit from it. You know, if we can provide some information that, they, that our listeners can utilize to better their situation. Yeah. Um, you know, we get a lot of value from that. It, yeah. feels, it feels good to help people. And that's all we really want to do is just try to give you some information that I think that a lot of financial advisors kind of skip over, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, surrounding around taxes. I mean, we're not that show that's going to say you should buy this hot mutual fund ETF or stock. That's, right. that's just not our platform. That's not your, yeah, that's not your jam. Well, that's... honestly, I don't think that's even that important. Well, that's the, you often, you we often talk about, you know, as a financial planner, the least thing of value is the finances part of it. That's the, the sizzle. I get sucked into watching those CNBC shows and, you know, pick your top five and all these guys are running around and, you know, they're all, nobody knows anything. They're all, they're all making it up as they go along, but I I get sucked into watching it with all the bells and whistles and you know titles and it's why, fun entertainment. Why not? It is it's it is it's fun entertainment. Yeah. It's it's uh, I like the jargon. Watching watching Kramer, you know, doing all right. the sounds and everything. Right. Yeah, it's it's fun and it's entertaining uh, to watch. And there's some good tidbits I think in there, but you know, our clients McGraw, you know, they're not looking for the hot stock. They're saying, hey. I've already saved and accumulated enough money to last my entire life, okay? My biggest concern is is I want to make sure that it lasts my entire lifetime and whatever's left over, pass it on to the ones that I love, right. children or charities. And, and that's important to us to say, okay, we don't want to go back to work. So let's create this plan that helps us take the least amount of risk to get to where we want to go, but also uh, has this tax strategy that we know we're saving as much money as possible in taxes. And if the number is paying zero, that's the number we try to get to. So you also say that the stock market is one tool in the toolbox, not the only tool, but one of the tools in the toolbox. Right. I mean, if you think about it. Um, and sometimes you don't yeah, use all the tools. Yeah, we, we want growth. And I think the market is a good place uh, to utilize to get that growth. Okay. 
but you can also get growth, or what we call as tax alpha. So by saving money in taxes, it's more money staying inside of your accounts. And it's taking advantages of opportunities. You know, like last week we were talking about the Jobs Act of 2017, the Trump tax cuts, they're going to expire. You got the remainder of this year and next year, and then they expire. Will they get renewed? Who knows? I don't know. Um, we'll find as we get closer to that. But as of right now, we're reverting back to 2017's taxes. And we're in the 25% bracket, somewhere around $125,000 uh, going into 2026. Well, right now, we're at the top of the 24% bracket, not 25, at like $416,000, $420,000. So big, big difference right. between those two numbers. Yeah. Uh, so you can choose to pay more taxes or you can choose to actually have a forward-looking proactive tax plan. Hold that thought for a second because that's where we're going to start today's show. Uh, Kevin Lloyd, Legacy Wealth Advisors, February 20th. This coming Tuesday, you have a seminar at the office, 141 and Highway 40. Um, was it, what time does it start? 5.30? 6? Uh, we are doing... 6 p.m., I believe. 6 p.m. Most of it's uh, spoken for, but you just told me before we started a couple of more seats left. So if you are interested, they can move a couple more seats into um, the room. It's going to be about 18, 20 people and a great chance to uh, watch Kevin work his magic on the whiteboard, see some examples, and then be able to ask some questions. Last about an hour, February 20th, if you would like to Sign up and reserve a spot, 314-641-1010, or the website, whenretirementhappens.com. Okay, Kevin Lloyd, uh, to give people a little backstory about how this show works, um, we talked for a couple minutes either before the show, you know, where do you want to go, what do you want to talk about, oh, I want to go into this, I want to go into that, and we sort of then, it's not very well scripted. But, right, right. There's, but, there's, you see, there's no paper right. or pen in front of me. It's not very well scripted, <laughs> and but yet, some you give me a couple of suggestions to sort of lead, and sometimes, sometimes I go rogue and I say, hey, what do you want to talk about? You give me a topic, and then I go rogue. So, yeah, yeah. When you go rogue, sometimes I look at you like, okay, I hope he doesn't ask me something I don't know about. Right. But I'm, I'm going to say I, I don't really know. Right. Do I look at him like deer in headlights or what? So this is a very, <laughs> this is a very real show of two friends, one an expert, one uh, a novice, talking about this stuff. So I'm going rogue on you okay. right right now because I have and and when it happened to me this week, I was like, oh, I have to talk to Kevin about this, and then I forgot about it, and then something you said triggered it in m my head. I have a dearest of dearest friend of mine who I've known for, I'm embarrassed to say, 30 years. One of my closest and dearest friends. And um, I, I will, uh, for those who know me, it's, it won't be too hard to figure out who it is, but I won't say his name. Um, he's an older gentleman who's now taking Social Security. He's 68 years old, just turned 68 years old. And he's um, kind of retired. They sort of told him, they sort of showed him the door. So he was, um, you know, picked up a part-time job as a real estate agent, and he's doing a couple of closings a month and got in some health issues. But he's, he's, he's doing okay. The reason why I'm bringing it up is I was talking to him, and he was saying, you know, I'm doing better today than I ever have with my Social Security and my, um, my real estate on the side, and, you know, the house is paid off, and so I'm doing okay. And I was like, well, well how does that Social Security work? Just one friend talking to another friend. He says, well, they write you a check, but then they, you know, I have them take out taxes 
for me. Okay. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you pay taxes on Social Security? He's like, yeah, you dummy. You have to pay taxes on Social Security. <laughs> and I said, well, that's not accurate. He's like, what are you talking about? Of course you have to pay taxes on Social Security. I was like, well, I was like, I do this show with Kevin Lloyd each week. We talk about it, and he talks about how that's not necessarily the case, that that's the conventional wisdom, but he has a whole bunch of clients who don't, and he says, well, how does he do it? And I was like, well, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how he does it, but you should talk to, and, and I'm, I'm saying, that, I'm like, you should talk to your accountant. He goes, I'm going to talk to my accountant about this. And I was like, and then I said to him, to be a snark, I was like, well, I'm not so sure that's the right guy to talk to since, <laughs> since he's he the, never said anything right, to you about it. <laughs> because he's he's the one who's who's charging you the, the making you pay the tax on the social security. But and, and and he was like, Well, let me let me sort of get into it. So there's a couple of things here. One is this guy's not does not have a lot of money. He's not a millionaire. I don't know if he has half a million dollars or whatever. But Here's a guy who clearly is paying taxes on Social Security when he probably shouldn't be paying taxes on Social Security and can't get it through. And I mean, it's just amazing how he's stuck in this world where what are you talking about? You're an idiot. You must pay taxes on Social Security. Yeah. Well, you know, we we hear these things, right? Uh, death and taxes. Yeah. Right. It just seems like we're always going to have to pay taxes. Um and, and I'm not saying that, that he doesn't have to pay tax on social because I don't know his situation. This is the first I've actually heard of this, but um, he has a better and unique um, opportunity than someone else collecting at 68 and having a W-2 job. And, and what I mean by that is, see, when you have a W-2, you don't really get to write anything off. Right. But when you're a real estate agent and you're doing a 1099, now you're self-employed. Right. So you can write off a lot of different things as being self-employed, you know, your cell phone bill, right? right. When I'm a W-2, I can't write my cell phone bill off. Uh, but if I have a home phone and that's for my home and I have a cell phone, that's for work, I get to write off 100% of my cell phone, right. okay? If I only have a cell phone and not a home phone, well, then I get a portion of it, okay? But I still get to write it off and W-2 couldn't. So now we get to start chiseling away at the income that we're making because we have all these deductions, uh, health insurance deduction. We really don't get to deduct health insurance when we're uh, W-2, um, especially if your employer pays for it. But we don't get to do that. Um, if you fall into the, uh, the medical deduction when you itemize, maybe potentially, but it's different for self-employed people. You have a home office. You get to write off the home office. Right. And the way we look at home offices is that, uh, yeah, you have to transact business in your home, okay? So the way I look at it is is you have to meet at least somebody at your home at some point in time sure. uh, to do the home office, um, especially if you have another place that you go to as well. Uh, but then you get to grab other things, okay? So I look at it and say, okay, my, my home office is 200 square foot. My house is 2,000 square foot. So then you'd say, okay, well, there's a bathroom. So that square footage that I walk to the bathroom, I get that square footage in the bathroom as mm -hmm. well, too, because I need a bathroom, of sure. course. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so now you look at it and you say, okay, well, maybe I got 200 and uh, 250 uh, square foot out of my 2,000-square-foot two, home, and so it's a little over uh, 10%. So now I get a little over 10% on the interest that I pay on my mortgage and my real estate taxes, 
my electric bill, my sewer bill, my gas bill, my um, internet. Okay. Well, I only have internet because it's for work, right? right? I mean, so you can say I get a portion of it or all of it, depending upon where you're at, if it's separate or not. But now you get to write off all, the, all these other things. So you could say, okay, I, this is my real estate income coming in, but now I get all these deductions that I've never got when I was working for that company and got a W-2, so I can whittle my income down. I can buy stuff. I go buy my computer. Now I get to write my computer off. Right. W-2, I don't get to write my computer off. <clears throat> so it's not a loophole. It's the law. Yeah. These are the laws that we get to utilize to our fullest potential, right? And so then you look at it and say, okay, now I'm collecting Social Security. you got to understand how is Social Security taxable? To keep it simple, uh, is he single or married? Single. Okay, so he's a single guy. So they take half of Social Security. Plus all taxable income. So it would be his 1099 income minus all those deductions, wherever he's at. Yeah. Any interest income, any rental income, things like that. They all get added in there. And then they also add in the interest that you get on municipal bonds. And in his case, if it's less than 25 grand, half of Social Security, all taxable income plus interest on muni bonds, if it's less than $25,000, there's no tax on social. If it's in between 25000 and 34000 up to 50% of it can be taxable. Um, did I just mess up there? Yeah, yeah. Anything over thirty-four thousand, up to eighty-five percent of it can be taxed. So when you say eighty-five percent, that means whatever his social security is, if it's a hundred dollars, eighty-five dollars is taxable, and then he would fall in the ten percent tax bracket. I'm just making these numbers up. I need to pay ten percent of eighty-five dollars. Yeah. So so when you do this calculation, right, half of social security plus all taxable income plus interest on muni bonds, if it, that number is under twenty-five. None of your social shows up on your tax return as taxable. Right. Between 25 and 34 for a single person, up to 50% can, okay? So if his social was 20000 bucks, up to 10000 of it, doesn't mean 10000 is, but up to 10000 could show up on your tax return. Right. Anything over 34, up to 85% can show up on your tax return. But just because it's taxable doesn't mean you actually still have to pay tax on it, though. Because, see, you, you do the calculation, okay, but then you get the standard deduction. Oh, yeah. So then it could wipe out anything that shows up that's taxable for your Social Security as well. So understanding all these different numbers. And so, like somebody that, um, like, maybe has a CD or something, and they've got a lot of after-tax money invested in CDs, all that interest is includable in that calculation, okay? Right. So, so then you look at it and say, okay, I'm getting really good rate of return, but now I'm paying tax on the interest that I make, but then it's pushing my social security into the taxable column also. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you would say, okay, you've, you've heard me say that I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of an annuity. Right. Okay. But sometimes it might make sense. And, and in that case, it could potentially make sense um, that if I wanted to use a fixed annuity that might pay around the same rates of the CD, that interest just stays inside the annuity and it never shows up on my tax return. Okay, oh. so I can pull it out sometime later down the road, and when I do, it falls under the principal's LIFO, last in, first out. So the interest was the last thing that goes in. So I have to spend all my interest first and pay, make it taxable. Not doesn't mean I'll pay tax on it, and then I finally get to my principal. But see, the CDs, um, they have more safety. Obviously, they're FDIC insured up to the two hundred fifty thousand dollar mark. Annuities, fixed annuities, are backed by the claims paying ability of the insurance company. So you want to use a good insurance company, right? All right. Um, so maybe later on down the road, he might not be working, say, in the real estate business anymore. 
So maybe when he starts wanting to pull some money from an annuity at that point in time, he could pull interest from there and still keep his Social Security tax free. Right. So you have to look at all these different things to figure out, okay, if I pull this lever, will this lever over here cause my Social Security now to be taxable plus being taxed on that? So I get this like double tax. I suspect you have a lot of people who are quote unquote retired, but still work. Yes. And get your 1099s or W-2 forms along the way? Yeah, usually they're little part-time jobs, and so then I show them, okay? And then they say, okay, I'm thinking about getting a part-time job. And this is good that they tell me in advance. They said, okay, let's say that you make 10 grand. Well, this is what's going to happen with this $10,000 that you make, okay? One, they're probably not going to withhold any tax uh, from your paycheck. Payroll tax, but maybe not federal and state tax because it's not very high, Right. okay? Yeah. Um, so you might want to make them take out some taxes. And here's why, because this 10 grand that you're making here now is pushing 8,500 of your social security into the taxable column. So you might be in the 10% bracket, but ultimately end up paying 24 to 30% on this money because it's pushing more money from social that wouldn't normally go into the taxable column. It's making it taxable. And you're paying double, triple the tax, even though you're only in the 10 or 12% right. tax bracket. It's crazy on how all this works, so, but so another plan ahead. So a, a part-time job, whether you need an extra couple of dollars or you just want to go and give back to the community and be a bus driver or go be a you know hall monitor or whatever, or you're just bored and you want to be a Walmart greeter or whatever, that might cause serious damage to your finances. Yeah, and if it's not the paycheck that you're looking for, maybe it's better to volunteer your time. Though we're not in 100, 100% tax bracket, right? And so you will be getting something for it, but then you got to look at it and say, okay, I was making 15 bucks an hour doing that part-time job, but in reality, after I do my payroll tax and it causes my Social Security to be taxed and I have to pay federal and state tax on all of these things, I'm only really making like five bucks an hour. Right. Now, some people might make more, some people might make even less. And so you got to weigh all those options and say, okay, am I doing this because of the money? Or am I doing this because I just want something to do? Right. And if it's just something that you want to do and you're okay making only five bucks an hour when you make 15, that's fine. Right. You just got to understand it's no, there's not a right or wrong way. Right. But you want to be able to know what it is you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. It's right or wrong if we don't know. And as long as we understand all the trade-offs, it really doesn't make any difference. So the fact that you're retired and you hit the 60, what is it 67 when you can work and they won't ding your social security? Depending upon age, but yeah, yes. Now, like for us, it'd be 67. 67. But so they don't ding you in terms of benefits on your age, but they'll ding you on your taxes somewhere else. Correct. 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 Yeah. Or you could get dinged because you go over the Medicare limits and now your Medicare premiums are higher because your income jumped up. Um, you know, for a single person, it's over a hundred grand now. For a married person, it's over two hundred grand before they start adding that Irma, that uh, yeah. that income inflation adjusted. Which is why also you often talk about and, and, and for those who just joined in, I apologize, but it's so fascinating the Rubik's Cube you play in. That's why you often like to use the lever of the Roth IRA because that money that comes out of that is not taxable. Right. So therefore you can take a hundred thousand dollars out of your Roth IRA, which won't cause taxes down the line. Correct. As long as you satisfied the five year rule right. or obtain 59 and a half, whichever is greater, uh, the money we pull from a Roth IRA is a hundred percent tax free. And it also does not 
push any Social Security into the taxable column. Okay. Which is why that's such a great resource. Yeah. And then for your friend, though, too, um, maybe he could have been paying maybe some Missouri tax on his Social Security as well. And, and he could pay it for last year, 2023. Yeah. Uh, but going forward in 2024, Missouri will not tax our Social Security uh, any longer going forward. And Missouri, remember, uh, we were like 6% at one time. And then they were doing like a tenth of a percent reduction. And then at the end, when they're getting close, they just said, yeah. We're just going to, we passed this new bill. We're just going to lower it down to the right amount where it's going to be at. And now they're not taxing Social Security. So now Missouri tax is actually pretty low. It's at 4.8%. Right. Which is very low compared to other states, like states like Arkansas are much higher yeah. than the state of Missouri. Yeah, well, the roads show it. <laughs> oh, they definitely do. Um, I use Waze uh, when I'm when I'm driving, you know, it shows you like where the police are and stuff like that. And uh I don't know who it is, but someone must have fun hitting all the pothole buttons because it's like pothole, 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 pothole. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, and, and again, this is why you often say that when you retire, you have so many other options in terms of either reducing your taxes or increasing your taxes based on your actions. Yeah. See, when you're retired, it is the only time you can control your tax situation because taxes are definitely different in retirement and i know people are like no taxes are the same no matter if i'm working or if i'm retired yes the brackets are the same but you can control them in retirement where you can't control taxes in your when you're a w-2 employee yeah you can put money in pre-tax into your 401k but that's about it yeah maybe do an hsa a health savings account but there's nothing really else that you can do to control your taxes when you're retired. As long as you have an advisor that uses a dynamic withdrawal strategy, meaning taking money from different accounts in different months and different years, um, by do, utilizing a strategy like that, you can control the amount of taxes that you pay. And someone might say, well, I do that now. Yeah. Well, are you taking money from your traditional IRA or because you're under 73, you're not taking it right now? Maybe you should think about taking it. Like one of my clients, they said, well, I don't need money from my IRA. And I said, well, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference if you need it or not. I want you to pull out 12 grand this year. And they said, well, why? I don't need it. I said, because you can pull out 12,000 out of your IRA. Remember, it's taxable to you. Uh, but in your situation, it's not going to cause your Social Security for you to pay tax on it. And you're not going to pay tax on this IRA distribution for federal taxes. And they said, why? I said, because you fit in the provisional guidelines where your Social Security is not going to be taxed. And so that doesn't show up. So the only thing that's going to show up is this IRA distribution and some maybe some other income that you've got. But it's going to get wiped out through the standard deduction, so you're not going to pay tax on it. Right. So if you don't need it, you still need to either pull it out. You can reinvest it into an after-tax account. You can put it into your checking account. Or I can move it over to a Roth IRA and do a conversion. Either of those three is better than doing nothing and letting that thing grow because one day um, one of you is going to, be, going to be passed away and you're going to be down to a single file and now you're going to pay tax on it. So interesting. So many of the things you touched on was the exact response I got from my dearest friend when I said, Maybe you shouldn't talk to your accountant. Well, my accountant's my brother-in-law. He's been doing my taxes for all these many years. He's he's doing me a favor, so I don't really want to rock the boat. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I, yeah, your brother-in-law's a really nice guy, but he's making you pay more taxes than you yeah. should be paying. Yeah, you know, we get what we pay for. 
and I don't know that person, so I'm not going to speak that way. Yeah. Uh, but we get what we pay for. And even if it's my brother, brother-in-law doing my taxes for free, that's fine. But what if your free tax return is costing you $2,000 in extra taxes that no one's giving you the advice? And so then you'd say, okay, I'd rather pay someone 400 bucks to do my tax return if I know I'm going to save $2,000. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? And a lot of people, this is funny because a lot of people don't even think that they pay tax. They're like, well, I get a refund back. My sister. You know, I get a refund My back. I'm like, but you still pay. You paid in ten. Your refund was a thousand. You still paid nine grand. I did. My yeah. si- my younger sister was upset one year. She got a small. When my other sister's like, well, you didn't put much in. She's like, that's not the point. I want a bigger refund. It's like that's not the way it works. <laughs> it's not the way it works. <laughs> Through the office phone number 314-641-1010. 314-641-1010 or the website whenretirementhappens.com. Don't forget about that tax seminar February 20th. A couple of seats left. Kevin Lloyd's one of the good ones. Go if you're so interested, curious to find out how the other half lives, how how you can uh, avoid paying taxes and uh, get on a good financial footing so you can enjoy retirement. Kevin Lloyd, 314-641-1010, or the website, when retirementhappens.com. Back in a minute. tax seminar at uh, Kevin's office this uh, Tuesday coming up. All right. Um, earlier in the week, Kevin, we got an um, a inflation number at 3.1%. And we don't normally talk a lot about the markets, but um, that was an interesting number. And I was just sort of curious as to what your thoughts were. All the experts were chiming in. What do you think that means? What do you think that, what do you think that, that means going forward? Is that good? Is that bad? So this is another one of those things that um, we didn't talk about ahead of times. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, well, the Fed—they've—they've they've always come out and they kept saying that we're targeting this two percent, right? Right, and uh, that's higher than that. Uh, it sent the markets downward right. you know, that day, and then they were up the next day, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean that the Fed's going to go ahead and start increasing rates again? I don't. I don't think that's it because. The thing is, is with all the raises that they've already been doing, you got to give them time to work. Right. They don't just happen overnight. So I don't I don't think the Fed's going to go out and start increasing rates. In fact, they're just going to probably most likely just keep things uh, status quo. And they'll probably continue this until about June sometime. Okay. Um, this is a guess, folks. There's no guarantee that this right. is going to happen. Right. All right. So this is my best it's Kevin's guess. crystal ball. And so I think the Fed will start decreasing interest rates. Um, I'm not concerned about the 3.1 number. Not not at all. Right. Um, I do believe that they're going to keep them the same, and then they're going to start decreasing them uh, sometime during the, throughout the summer months. Right. Um, maybe two, could be three times this year. Uh, and I think that's going to happen because I think you're, and you're, we're not seeing it right now, um, but I, I think you're going to start seeing uh, corporate profits start to uh, decrease um, mm-hmm. a little bit from where they were at. There's going to be companies out there still going to blow out their numbers. All right. Um, it's good. It's going to happen. But you're going to start seeing things decrease. And then when you start seeing this, I still believe that we're going to see a recession. 
this year. All right. And some people are like, what are you talking about? The market is uh, up five, the S&P 500 is up over 5% year to date. The right. NASDAQ's up over 5%, which these are unmanaged indexes you can't even put money into. The Dow Jones is up uh, 3% or 2.6 or so for the year. What do you mean? I mean, we're only in the middle of February and it's already looking like it's doing pretty good. It blew up last year at the end of the year. Yes. So did the market in 2007, right? Um, before the collapse. Right. I don't think we're going to see something like that. That's right. not what I'm saying. But yeah. I do think that we're going to see a pullback in the market. And it never hurts to pull some chips off the table. And I believe that it's probably something that you sh we should start considering fairly soon within the next month or so. Um, could keep running. Right, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but right. but I kind of like a bird in the hand better than two in the bush. It does seem, and I know we, we don't normally talk markets, but it does seem. I'm just curious. Uh, it does seem that again, the numbers tell you that things are slowing down, um, but home prices are taking up more and more of that that budget. Though they are, especially with interest rates the way they right. are. Right. So if if the interest rates are higher, housing costs more. It does. And they're not going to bring down the interest rates until inflation wanes, but the housing price, right? Interest rates make the housing prices go up. So yeah. if you lower the interest rate, the housing prices, they would go down, would go up. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I would guess it, you're looking more like a bond kind of thing, like we're an inverse relationship. So if you've seen like interest rates go down, I would assume home values will increase. Why? Uh, because I can afford a bigger house um, if interest rates are lower. If rates are on a 30-year around 7% and they go down to 5%, um, I'll refinance right. one. Um, that would save a lot of money on a monthly basis. That's more money that could go into the economy, which would be good for the economy. Um, if interest rates go down also, that means if my payment is X, that means I can afford a bigger payment. If I can say, okay, I can afford it at 7%, okay? But now it's 5%. I could go out and buy a bigger home for that same amount of payment. So I would guess that home prices could continue increasing. And we still, it's hard to believe this, but we still have a shortage of homes. It's unbelievable. And it is unbelievable. Like, like, what do you mean we have a shortage of homes? Like, where are the people at if we have a shortage in homes? Well, a lot of them are sitting in an apartment still. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're still... You still have a lot of the generation behind me, millennials, that are either still living with mom and dad or they're still in an apartment. And right now, if they didn't already get a house, they're waiting for interest rates to go down. And that has more higher demand and supply is very, very low. So that also, I think, could push up the real estate market. Yeah, it, they, they you know, say it's all, that all guesswork. But it's, right. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers from the housing crisis of the 2008s. Home builders just didn't keep pace with the with the average you had to. So they they stopped building homes for ten years, and now all of a sudden you have you have Gen Xers and Gen Ys and Millennials all wanting to buy homes for the first time, and you just don't have the inventory. Right? Yeah, I have. You know, here's the funny thing because I have a lot of clients that. Um, you know, you buy homes throughout your career and you, right before you retire, you typically have the biggest house that you've had, right? Yeah. And then like, okay, we're going to downsize. And they usually say, well, have you gone out and looked at homes today? No, I haven't. We, you know, we're going to start doing that. I said, well, 
I want you to go look because I want you to, to verify what I'm saying here. But uh, you're going to sell your house for $600,000, say. And you're going to downsize. I said, depending on how far you downsize, you may not actually, you may downsize your house. But I don't think you're going to downsize the value. Yeah. So I think you're going to go from you know, the 4,000 square foot today down to maybe say a 2,000 square foot, but I bet that you're probably fairly close in the price that you sell this house for. Yeah. I mean, I had one client just recently, uh, they just got a contract on their house, got more than what they wanted, uh, which was good. And they said, Kevin, we thought that we were going to be able to just swap houses here because we're going down, you know, probably a 1,000, 1,200 square foot from the house we just sold. Right. And I said, yes. And I said, but... Unfortunately, building costs have substantially increased, and so in their case, you know, they're selling their house for three fifty, but they're buying a house in the fives. Yeah, and it's smaller. Yeah, it's smaller, and now they're getting exactly what they want, and it's it's good for them, and they can do all this, but they're not going down in price. They're, they're going down in money. Size. They're not yeah. saving any money. The other thing too is um, divorce, right? There's so many uh, right divorces going on. So you have where you had years ago, you had a mom and a dad in the family in one house. Now you have a mom, a dad, and a family in two houses. Yeah. And so you've, you've, you've yeah. just, right? I mean, one house to two houses. That's a right. strain on- Expenses have gone up. Yeah. The income dropped by, you know, whatever percentage it was for each person. And then the other thing that we don't think about is taxes just went up. From married to single, taxes taxes go up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, most- a very large percentages of uh, marriages end up in divorce. Yeah. unfortunately. But those, but, but those, those two households then put pressure on the um, the um, the number of houses that are on the market. It does. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's hard to still think that there's still a shortage of homes, right? And like you said, back in 2008, a lot of builders went out of business, and they started finally picking up steam. Maybe 10 years later. And so now you're starting to see more and more homes being built. But, but there's a 10-year backlog. There is a huge backlog of people just sitting and waiting for something that they want. Yeah, it's a strange phenomenon about, right, housing prices are high today because of the high interest rates, one of them. But if you lower interest rates, they'll go higher. They will. And, and I'm telling you, taxes haven't gone down for real estate. Um, I think my best guess is, from looking at ours, it's probably gone up about 50% yeah. within the last three to four years or so. I mean, it for what we're paying in St. Louis County, it's it's pretty high number. Yeah, no, it's an interesting it's an interesting juxtaposition. But it was I wanted to get your, your thoughts on the interest rate number because it just affects so many other things and we don't talk a lot about the the sort of the, the sort of day-to-day stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, when the when they when the Fed is increasing rates, really what they're doing is they're reducing the money supply in the U.S., okay? And when you reduce that money supply in the U.S., it helps shrink the economy to get us closer to better inflation numbers. And when, you, when you're decreasing those rates, now they're pushing more money supply into the U.S., which is good for the economy. So if I was paying 1500 on my house on a monthly basis and now I'm down to 1100 that's $400 a month. Uh, that I'm going to be able to spend or save or do whatever I want, which is more money that goes into the economy, which drives the economy. And so yeah. that's why you saw the huge, huge run-up uh, from 2008 to where it is today because the only thing that's happened was interest rates just dropped. I mean, you could get a 30-year fixed mortgage. I believe it was somewhere in the 2.5% range, but most people are probably around 3%. 
Unfortunately, you'll probably see those three percenters still refinance and go to seven percent yeah. because of spending habits. Well, and and the the pandemic, right? We got flooded with with money. The government reduced the interest rates to nothing. Yeah, not to mention that and QE one, QE two, QE right. three. So, so they gave us a bunch of money. People started spending like crazy, and we had lower interest rates. So that was a shock to the system. It was. So we're still working through all of that. We are still working through all of that, and yeah. it, it'll take time. Will we see a soft landing? I have no idea. I can just tell you that every time the Fed has increased rates, not even to this extent, they've always pushed us into a recession. That's Kevin Lloyd back in a moment to wrap things up. Don't forget, February 20th, the tax seminar. A great opportunity to watch Kevin work his uh, magic at the whiteboard. 314-641-1010 or the website whenretirementhappens.com. Back in a moment, KTRS. seminar that is um, uh, at Kevin's office, 141 and Highway 40, 314-641-1010. Operators are not standing by right now. He does give his people the weekend off a call Monday morning to reserve that spot and then get some nice cookies and enjoy Kevin work his magic at the whiteboard. Are you all ready for uh, Tuesday? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, because this is a newer, this is a newer version. This right? is this is the first one we've done for the year. Right. Uh, so it's all brand new. I have to work on all my math problems uh, because the tax brackets have changed. So so yes, this is a hundred percent new, and uh, I'm I'm actually kind of excited to to give it. You know, it's always fun to do the first one of yeah. the year because it's it's definitely new. Um, have to double and triple and quadruple check my numbers to make sure that they're accurate because the last thing I want to be is on the board and my math ain't working right. and someone catches it, right? Well, and, and I, <laughs> I, I've been to a couple of them and they're great because um, it's a small, intimate group and people can ask questions. So while you're writing the numbers on the board, people throw out questions at you. Well, wait a minute, what about this or what about that? Yeah, and, and I love the questions. Yeah. I love I love uh, anybody that asks a question, and, and I'm okay. You you don't have to hold your question to the end. You can ask it while we're up there because the, the funny thing is, is somebody probably already has that question also. Yes. I'd love to to hear it, and yeah. I and I I may not address everything, so I want to make sure that people do ask questions. And and our advisors and myself will be there afterwards to ask uh, answer any questions that you have as well too. But yes, we're going to go over some tax facts. Some of the some of the changes, we're going to talk about changes that are going to happen in two years, why it's so important to do uh, forward-looking proactive tax planning. So we got to go over some definitions and make sure we set the, set the ground rules first. Uh, then I go in there and I start writing on the whiteboard and just showing you different math problems, basically, but they're real-life case studies um, to help give people a visual of what I'm actually talking about. It's It's nice to hear it. But I'm a person that likes to see it. And yeah, when you I see it it, 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 it magnifies things and it makes it so much easier to understand. Well, that's what's great about you is your brain works differently than mine. I can see you do it and it makes sense to me. I couldn't explain it to you. As soon as I watch you do it, 
It makes sense to me, but I couldn't explain it to somebody else. That's not the way my brain works. Yeah, I mean, but it'd be the same thing if we were building, doing woodworking or something right now. I did, yeah, I could, oh, yeah. I saw McGraw do that. I, I can do that. Well, no. that's, that's <laughs> it's you're very kind, but no. All right, real quick. We got about five minutes left in the show. Um, a question from the audience. Somebody uh, stopped me the other day and asked me to ask you this on the air. Again, g going rogue. And they said to me, they often hear you talk about the charitable distribution um, okay. on your taxes, right? Sending it straight from your 401k or your IRA to the charity to avoid paying the other taxes on it. Okay. Somebody asked if you could do that when it comes to uh, any charity, not just a church, but maybe a private school that's a 501c3 or something on those lines. What What are the now, rules when it comes to that stuff? It has to be a 501c3. That's it. That's it. That's it. It doesn't matter... Um, where it is i have i have clients that send money to like slu or siue edwardsville uh to church um to many different charities some of them i had never heard of before and right. i like to look them up just to see you yeah. know what what these different charities are out there um but yeah no it, but the thing is is it has to come from the custodian so wherever your ira is it has to come from them and go directly to the charity now it's okay if they write the check to the charity but mail it to your home address because you want to deliver it to them okay that's perfectly fine that's not a problem at all but do not okay do not take a distribution put it in your checkbook and then write the check now that's called a charitable contribution not a qualified charitable contribution gotcha. okay um, and then, so the other one, the, the latter, that goes on your itemized deduction. Okay, but when you do do the QCD, your Qualified Charitable Distribution, your 1099 will not show that you did it. So you're going to have to track it, okay? Um, we try to track them for our clients so they don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, because if you don't track and you don't tell your accountant, you just tell them you did 5000 over to the charity, they're going to try to put it on the itemized deduction. Right. We don't want the itemized deduction because that client most likely is not going to itemize. They're going to get the standard deduction. So I want the charitable deduction, and I also want the standard deduction. And you don't have to wait till you're 70 and a half or 73 or to make it a um, uh, uh, required minimum dis distribution. You can do it at any time. You cannot. No, no. You have to, to be able to qualify for the charitable, um, the qualified charitable distribution, you have to be 70 and a half. Oh, okay. Got okay. It. But it can come from your IRA. Got it. Or it can come from a beneficiary IRA. Okay. But you have to be 70 and a half. You gotcha. don't have to be 73. It's the one thing they still kept at 70, 70 and a half. Now, here's the thing. Okay. If you are not 70 and a half, let's say that you're 66 and a half. Okay, and, and you want to give money uh, to church, but you're still not getting, or a charity, but you're still not able to itemize because the standard deduction is so mm -hmm. high. Well, then what you could do is you could do what they call as a donor advised fund. Okay, now I don't want to get into all the details of donor advised funds. You, you, we're going to have to, you'll have to research that. Okay, um, there's, you got to make sure you follow the rules correctly. But what it, what it allows for you to do, let's say that I have, a highly appreciated stock, okay? And from 66 and a half to 70 and a half, I'm probably going to give, say, 10000 bucks per year, mm -hmm. okay? So $40,000. So I'm going to give $40,000 to these charities over my, over between the, that time frame, 66 and a half to 70 and a half. 
I could take 40000 of that highly appreciated stock, transfer it to a donor advised <laughs> fund, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, you, you have to transfer it to the donor advised fund. The donor advised fund sells the stock. They do not pay tax on it, mm-hmm. okay? You get a full deduction for that 40000 when it goes over. Okay, so this year you are, you're going to itemize, okay? But the next three years you're going to get the standard deduction because every time you tell the donor advised fund to send that money to the charity, you don't get another deduction Got for it. it. But you didn't pay tax on the highly appreciated stock, and you don't have to use highly appreciated stock to do this, okay? Mm. It's just better. It's a better carrot to yeah. do. And then each year you can tell the donor advised fund to send it over. Uh, which is great because I get that $40,000 deduction in this year. There's certain requirements that you have to have, and your income has to be a certain amount. So you, you have to make sure you work with a qualified advisor or tax advisor to make sure you're doing it correctly. Okay? Uh, but that's another option that you could utilize. You know what I just, just learned? What's that? Call Kevin Lloyd. It might make it easier. Just call <laughs> Kevin Lloyd because that, that made sense to me. And, yeah, that sounds like a good idea for a lot of people who want to use that. Um, but it sounds like the recipe to just call Kevin Lloyd and have him start the process and sit down. Best way to do that is February 20th at the uh, seminar, 141 and Highway 40, 314-641-1010. Or it's, since it's uh, going to be uh, sold out, standing room only, just go and make an appointment with uh, one of the uh, counselors, one of the advisors there, and start the process. 314-641-1010 or the website whenretirementhappens.com. Kevin Lloyd from Legacy Wealth Advisors. Have a good weekend, buddy. Hey, you too. You know spring is right around the corner. Spring is right around the corner. Yes, we are in (laughs) the Lenten season. All right. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Have a good weekend. Stay warm and uh, be safe. And we'll talk to you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Big 550 KTRS. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.